Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. So how did you get on with that question? I don't know if you were awake at that stage, but... Uh, <laughs> how did you get on with that question when you're in the big seat, you're in the big space, and you say, you ask yourself, how do I feel about this thing that's happening, or this part? This is a wonderful question. So this comes out of the, the uh, internal family systems uh, tradition of Richard Schwartz, which I'll explain in a bit. But this question is so wonderful in, for us as meditators. We're sitting meditating, and we think, okay, yeah, I'm feeling quite kind of in, my, in the groove. Meditating, la, la, la. And then something comes up, you know, we're suddenly we're thinking about you know, our tax return or rerunning an argument. We're suddenly feeling really depressed, or we're feeling, you know, some very familiar sort of mind state. And then you're able, you're kind of in your meditation enough to be able to step back from it a little bit, to, go, oh, to notice that it's actually a mind state, that you are feeling sad. You're not completely blended with it. And then you can drop this question, you know, what do I feel about this? What do I feel about this? Very simple question. What do I feel about this? And if anything comes back that is anything other than, I feel really curious or tender or open or creative or compassionate or you know, anything that's other than that. So, for example, if you want to get rid of it or you need to do something with it or you need to kind of shut it down or you're analyzing it or you start thinking about it, any of that means that another part has hijacked the big seat. It means that now you're in thinky part, or you're in analytical part, or you're in judgy part. And then that becomes really interesting, because then you're like, oh, hey, you step now, and let's, let's, let's have a conversation with you. And then you realize, well, this part, this part has been ruling my life for decades. This is a part that's actually stopped me actually really loving myself, loving people. And, they, and again, how do I feel about this part? Oh, I hate this part. This part's shit. And then you're like, okay, well, that's not, that's not open self. So then you kind of realize that we have many parts. And this is not a problem. In a lot of you know, contemporary psychotherapy and a lot of actually developmental neuroscience around little children, infants, it, it, increasingly the kind of consensus is that uh, the mind is multiple. We are, a healthy mind is a mind that can move between different mind states uh, quite flexibly. And an unhealthy mind is one that insists on being unitary, insists on being one thing and one thing only. This is actually more of a hallmark of madness than having multiple uh, parts. And, so th and this actually is all of a piece with Buddhist thinking, in the sense there is no whole Alistair, or whole Erica, whole Andy. You know, that we're just a collection, an aggregate of these different parts that sort of play out this little dance through our life and then kind of disappear. You're saying that some of these parts will come and go from our lives? 
Well, no, that's the interesting thing. So I'll, I'll, I better introduce Richard Schwartz to this because I feel like I'm stealing all his thunder. <laughs> so um, Richard Schwartz is a very interesting... Uh, he's, a, he's a therapist. He's a psychotherapist. And he, he started off 40, 50 years ago working in what's known as family systems therapy. So um, just bear with me. This is, will be relevant. So family systems therapy was an, 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 a development of therapy in the sort of 60s, 60s and 70s, which instead of saying that person is mad, Andy, he's got, he's got schizophrenia, he's, he's a mad, bad person, which was the way that most people were treated, they would say, okay, so let's get Andy's mum and dad and sister and you know, all his you know, family around, and then let's see how everybody interacts. And very, sorry, I'm picking on you, Andy. <laughs> very often, what they discovered was that Andy wasn't mad. His mum was really brutal to him, and his dad ignored him, and his sister ganged up with his mum on him. And these were all things that he then had to kind of deal with, and that sort of added up to madness. So that people couldn't be separated out of their system. This is what the thinking was behind it. You know, that you couldn't just look at one person, but you actually had to look at the whole historical system. And that there was, it wasn't that any one person was to blame, it was just the way that everything worked together. It's what's called systems theory. It was a very revolutionary idea, and it led to a much more humane way of dealing with people with mental illness. But Schwartz, who was really kind of, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way we're going to do it. He started working with people in this way, but he noticed that they didn't get better. Just getting people to, you know, change their relationships with their mom or their dad or have their mum and dad come into therapy, it actually didn't help them get better. And over the years, and he's been practicing for, you know, four decades, over the years treating hundreds of thousands of people, over the years he started to notice that actually... What was more impactful was the family system inside the person. So it's like he started to notice, for example, that there'd be a woman who might come to his, his, his uh, therapy room who was very suicidal. She would come and she's like, all I can think about is killing myself. And... You know, he would do all this, he'd be doing all this systems thinking about your mum and your dad and blah, blah, blah. And then he sort of hit upon it, the idea of saying, can you, is there a part of you that can ask the suicidal person you know, why they're suicidal? And very immediately the woman said, oh yes. And, they, and what, does they, what do they say? And then the suicidal part gave this really good reason why suicide was the best option. And then they started this dialogue between these two parts. And then... At some point, it ground to a halt, and Schwartz was like, oh, that's interesting, why is that happening? And then she said, oh, that's because there's another part of me that hates the suicidal part and thinks that it's a, it's a coward and it's pathetic and it's, like, it's going to hurt and disappoint everybody. And he was like, okay, well, can we talk to that part? And then they talked to that part, and then that part, it turned out to be, was the real bully of the piece. This part was the part that was making everybody miserable. This part was never satisfied with what uh, the, the, the woman was doing. And so over the years, he kind of developed this whole a really amazing system of, of really a sort of 
it's not so much a structure, but a way of thinking about the internal structure of our personalities, of how we are. And the fundamental idea behind it, it, within it, is that we are not unitary. That we have many bits and bobs. And we can feel that, you know. We're not the same person with our bank manager as we are with our beloved. We're not the same person when we wake up in the morning as we are when we go to bed. You know, we kind of cycle through these different you know, alasters. And you know, over the years, he's you know, done, now it's like all over the world, and there's hundreds of people doing this, um, lots of research. He noticed a few really important things. One is that these parts, going back to answer your question finally, Tom, these parts are actually inbuilt. They're not a mistake or an aberration, and you know, you do the therapy and then finally you all come back to one. Is that we are the, the little self is constructed of parts, and that's correct. And you can see this in very little infants. They seem to rotate through you know, different parts of really incredible incandescent rage and then utter bliss and then raging hunger and then play and then kind of affection and then seeking. So they, so they have these kind of different parts that they kind of go through. And then as life goes through and things happen to us, those parts get um, press-ganged by the system to do different things. So as we come up against a problem in life, often when we're little toddlers or you know, infants, the system decides, well, okay, this part has to do that now. To keep us safe, this part has to always do this. So some, something can happen to the little infant, you know, and it can be a small thing. You could just be you know, lost in a shopping centre for a couple of hours, you know, an hour or something, or you could have to go to hospital or you know your mum could forget to feed you or be taken you know, taken away for a period but for the little mind this is this is unbearable and so they have to make a decision and one part has to then look after the other part or make sure that part doesn't get heard so these this, this idea of the, the little self being made up of the parts is, is really useful when we're practicing meditation because it allows us to not be so, take everything so personally. For example, it's really difficult to say, I'm a, I'm a um, sex addict, I'm a sex addict. I'm a sex addict. It just feels really heavy and dark. But to say there's a part of me that's addicted to sex is very different. Suddenly it's like, well, it's just a part of me. Similarly, you know, I'm suicidal. Oh, it's really heavy, it's really heavy. But there's a part of me that's suicidal is much more workable. And we start to see that these parts that we can really easily identify with are just parts. And as we go forward, tomorrow when we start looking at more, more detail, we see that actually they are full of wisdom and they're full of a, um, a kind of um, a richness that our big heart, our open heart, can really identify with and really um, be tender towards. 
Because very often these parts, particularly the kind of ones that we think are malevolent or evil or destructive, are just little children who are stuck doing a shitty job and they really don't want to be doing it. So it can be really open our hearts when we, um, when we encounter these parts and see them clearly. So this probably feels like a bit of a like, mind dump. But hopefully what we'll do is we can set up the space and we can welcome these different parts of ourselves into the arena of our mind, our heart-mind, and we can start to recognize them. We can start to recognize them. Thank you for listening. And please do join us again for more podcasts from MindSprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.